What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a little bit of life today. We're going to be doing a solo podcast. Navia will be joining me again very, very soon. But until then, it's just me. <laughs> um, today, we're going to be touching base of... Uh, oh, my gosh. You guys, it's been such a long week. I can't English. Um, we're going to be touching base on a few things. We're going to be talking about tattoos and piercings in the workplace, uh, colored hair in the workplace, and having kids so let's start out on a lighter note with um a bunch of crazy things that have happened to me this week i have had one crazy crazy day after another um as you guys know i'm starting a new job soon so that's been a lot and then just on top of that just everything else um my husband not only teaches during the day like public high school kids but he also dances so uh his schedule has been really weird my schedule's been really weird it's just been one of those weeks you guys honestly um and I'm so happy that I get to finally sit down and record this podcast because I've been trying to like a dozen times and it never just works out so I'm super happy now that I get to sit with you all and do this today so Let's start off with the first topic of discussion, which is going to be tattoos, piercings, and colored hair in the workplace. So I can attest to all of the above. Um, my hair has been probably every color of the rainbow, um, not at one given time, but um, I've dyed my hair so many times. I've bleached it a ton. Uh, back in January of last year, I cut it all off. Um, because I felt like, okay, we just need a fresh start, you know, after bleaching and damaging and color and color and color, you know, it just, it needed, it needed to go. So I thought, okay, what better way to do that than to just go ahead and just cut it all off. You know, you can only do so many hair masks and, you know, those types of things before you just say, okay, we need to just commit and cut it off already. So I did cut it off. Um, and it was very short. I mean, I had never had a hair that short. Uh, growing up, my parents were not a big fan of me having short hair. Um, my dad specifically, he was very anti short hair on women. Um, not that it made him love me any less, but he just wasn't a big fan. So I cut all my hair off. <laughs> I lived out, you know, I've lived on my own now for going on about, about four years. So I can pretty much just do whatever I want with my hair. Um, but I cut it off not only because it was damaged and, and whatever, but, um, I also cut it off because I wanted to try something different. You know, that's never something that I got to do. My hair has been really long. My hair has been kind of short. Um, and I've, I've had over six to eight inches cut off at any given time, but this was probably the most hair that I had lost. I left my apartment, you guys, with... A ponytail and came back with the hair tie in my purse that's how short my hair was so you know it was a whole thing I mean I'm growing my hair back out now I shaved it over the summer um, I shaved a good bit of it over the summer well I didn't shave it I went to Aveda in Shenandoah and had them shave it but um, I, I did I, I tried so many different things and I'm so happy that I got to do that I, I really am it was such a great time but 
back on back on what we were talking about. So colored hair, you know, I'm very pro-choice. Okay. In, in case you guys don't know or whatever, I'm very pro-choice. I'm the same way with a lot of things. I'm very pro-choice. If you know, you have to do what's best for your body. And to me, a hair color on your head or a piercing on your face isn't going to change how I view you or what I think of you, to be totally honest. Um, there are people who, you know, have, you know, the, the septum piercings and things, and they are like super smart and have a master's degree and have red hair and it doesn't change anything, you know? So I don't understand. I, I feel like, I feel like tattoos piercings and hair color in the workplace give somebody a negative view and I don't know why. I don't know who made the rules that said, okay, Sally, you can't have green hair because I don't like the way it looks on you. That's an opinion. If you like it, who cares? Who should get to have a say? Um, I'm very blessed in the fact that I started working uh, when I started actually working like a big adult job. Um, I worked as a pharmacy technician and I had purple hair and an industrial piercing in my ear and nobody batted an eye at me. If I did my job, nobody cared. Um, and then, <laughs> oh, my, my stint as a pharmacy technician was not long, but not short. Um, and then once I left out of that career and out of that industry, I went into teaching and they were like, you know, you can only have one piercing in each ear and your hair has to be a natural color. And I'm like, wow, you're just gonna undo all the things that I just had done. Um, that's not cute. But okay, whatever, sure, fine. I'll abide by your rules. But what really gets me is that I had to take my industrial piercing out and I only had the thing for about six months. And industrials take close to a year to heal properly, like fully, so the holes don't close. I didn't have the opportunity to get my barbell back in and it, it closed completely and I was so sad. I bought so much jewelry for that thing. Um, my best friend and I got it together and hers stayed open a lot longer than mine did but hers eventually closed as well. Um, but it just, it really pissed me off because a girl at work who came in probably six months after I did got to keep her industrial, got to have a nose ring, you know, got to do whatever and I was like, this is dumb. You're having a double standard for what purpose? What are you doing? What purpose are you serving right now? So, but this was, you guys have to remember, this was, you know, six years ago. So I hope by now that there is way more acceptance of hair and piercings and things. I'm getting back into the healthcare industry, by the way. Um, I taught for about five years and decided, you know what? I really want to go and get back into healthcare. Um, so that I can become a pharmacist or a PA, whatever comes first. Um, and I would hope that by now somebody has said, you know what, I don't care what color you dye your hair. I don't, have, I don't care how many tattoos you have. I taught at two different schools and the, the second school I worked at, they didn't care if I had tattoos as long as they weren't, you know, gang related or drug related or violently, you know, violent related, you know, uh, violence related, sorry. Uh, so they didn't care. And she let me have like gray hair and stuff. And it was, it was great. It was, it was a good time, but uh, I'm not sure yet how this new workplace that I'm going into is going to accept tattoos or piercings or any of that. Um, 
as you guys know, or if you don't, or if you follow me on Facebook or Instagram, uh, my friend Navi and I went back here, eh, back, what, six, six months ago or so, um, and got tattoos. And this was her first tattoo. This is my fifth one. Um, but I got a fox, an origami fox. It's just lines. It's black, black lines on my forearm, on the inner, on the inner part of my forearm. And I don't have any tattoos outside that are visibly showing other than this one. And I've gone to interview after interview after interview. And I've, I mean, nobody, nobody shunned me for having that. So I see progression. So that's good news. So for all of you who are hoping for a more accepting society, your break is coming, girl. It's coming for you. Um, but yeah, I just, I would really hope that, you know, as we progress in the job world, you know, I would hope that people would view you for what you're producing in terms of your job quality than what your actual outside image is. You know, I know people who are doctors who have blue hair and gauges, you know, it, it's astonishing. So I, I would hope and pray that we are on the back end of the worst part of seeing people be discriminated against for their hair and their tattoos and facial piercings. Okay, so next topic of discussion. Now, this is going to get a little controversial, I'm not going to lie, but we are very transparent on this podcast. That's why it's called A Little Bit of Life, because this is life. This is real. This isn't something that I want to portray as a fake image. I'm not two-faced. I'm not like that. I like to be very forward. Um, so we're going to talk about the subject of having children. If again, you follow me on Instagram or if you follow me on Facebook, um, my husband and I have been married for about a year, almost a year and a half now. Um, we'll be, we'll be a year and a half, um, in March. And what I really want to touch base about is having kids because so many of my relatives and people we know oh excuse me I'm so sorry oh I had one of those uh, bubbly waters before I started <laughs> probably not a good idea um but I get so many questions all the time and, and I don't and I don't I don't mind answering them at all it doesn't offend me it's not going to you know but oh when are you guys gonna have kids when are you guys gonna have kids the question is, I, you know, the answer to your question is, I don't know. I, I, can't, I honestly, for the longest time, didn't even want kids. And then I met Gordon and I was like, all right, you know what? He's suitable. I can have kids with him and it'll be fine. Um, but as I've gotten older and I was teaching for so long, I really grew a soft spot for kids. So I had a really good sit down and a discussion with myself. And I said, you know what? I think we can have one kid. I, I don't think it would, it would hurt you to experience being a mom. Um, I've had a lot of people tell me I'd be a really good mom. Um, and I think a lot of that comes from my teaching background. I've had to deal and be mom for eight hours a day for kids for five years up until just recently. So, you know, I think it gave me a really good idea about parenting and expectations and whatever. So, but what brings me to this subject is the fact that you know, the fact of the matter is kids are expensive. Society frowns upon children who are, I guess, 
not parented or not given things in a certain way. And education is a big one. Um, so we're going to touch base on all of those things. So before we do that, though, I want to shout out to all of my friends, family, whoever you are. Um, if you are struggling with infertility, um, that is such a big thing. Um, I, I'm throwing my hat off to you because I can only imagine going through something like that. I couldn't even imagine, honestly. Um, I've never been pregnant. I've never had the opportunity to experience pregnancy myself. But um, I can understand your want to be a mom or a dad or a parent in general. Um, and I'm, I'm just, I'm on your team. You know, I'm here for you. So kudos, shout outs to all of you who are struggling with this. Um, and please do not take what I say in a negative way. Facts are facts and opinions are opinions. So whatever I share with you is simply just those things. It's not, you know, everybody gets to have an opinion and, and the facts speak for themselves. So again, if I know you and you're struggling with that, please, you know, I'm, I'm on your team <laughs> first and foremost. Um, but anyway, so outside of that, <laughs> let's let's start with some facts. Let's let's have some fun here. So, on average, in the United States, when you have one child, from the age of birth to the age of 18 years, not including birthday parties, extracurricular activities, or toys, your child will cost you in basic necessities over $280,000 to raise from the age of birth to 18 years. Holy smokes. <laughs> that is a lot of money. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, you see a six-figure number. Heck, that scare me. Yeah, it scare you too, I'm sure. So there's, there's that. The financial stronghold that a child places on a family is undoubtedly one of those things that will make you lose your breath. Um, I'm not taking away... <laughs> anyone's enjoyment from their children. I'm not trying to ruin anyone's day and I'm not going to rain on anyone's happy parade that they have kids. I'm happy for you. But what I am saying is that for me sitting back and going, wow, okay, I could, I could put down money on a really nice house and still have a lot of money left over with $280,000. So, you know, there's that. It, it's thinking in that mindset, I guess. So there's the first thing. The second thing is the average amount of money it costs for childcare for that child until they go to public school, okay? The average cost of childcare in the state of Texas is approximately $250 per week to $400 per week, depending on what age your child is. I can attest to this personally because I worked in a school. Infants cost more because they require more, you know? You gotta feed them, you gotta change them, you gotta burp them, you know? And most of the time, babies are pretty simple. They're pretty straightforward. Um, but every baby's different, you know? The sleeping schedules are different, everybody's household is different, so it's kinda like a customized sort of thing. So, <laughs> childcare, you know, $400 a week. Let's just take the high end, because it's easy to multiply. You take the high end, you're spending, between $1,000 to $1,200 a month 
on childcare. Guys, I don't even pay that in rent for my apartment. So I'm sitting here like, okay, <laughs> now it's gonna cost me 20, 28 something hundred, 280 something thousand dollars a year to raise this kid plus childcare. Or not a year, I'm sorry, in their lifetime or, for, or from birth to 18. $280,000 plus whatever a month for childcare. You guys, if you take everything from a fiscal standpoint, add it up, you're going to spend approximately half a million dollars on your child between the age of zero to 18 years. Just with, with birthday parties, clothes. Kids grow out of clothes, you guys. Like, I've never seen kids. <laughs> I didn't understand the struggle about kids growing out of clothes until I started actually working in a school. And I was like, wow, okay, there's, you know, 3T, 4T, 5T. There's Garanimals at Walmart. And I'm like, I mean, all my kid's getting into Carter's, you know. And I'm over here now and I'm like, uh-uh, no, that kid's gonna grow out of that shirt in six months. And that may be at the very latest, you know, six months is like pushing it. And then shoes, you know, so I, I sit back and in that mindset, it's just like, wow, that's so much money um, to raise kids. But again, like I said at the beginning of the segment, I'm not taking away the fact that you wanna be a mom. I wanna be a mom too, as bad as anybody else does. It's instinctive. You know, I want to have a, I want to have a kid and, and I want to be able to raise them and say, oh yeah, that's mine, blah, 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 you know, the whole thing. And sometimes you don't want to say that they're yours. But the thing that really drove me away from the, from kids was the fact that it's so expensive. I mean, and you have a baby shower. Okay. So most of the stuff that the baby's going to need in their first couple of months of life is a supplied, you know, through a baby shower, which is great. Uh, you know, but then, like I said, you've got, once a kid's, you know, turn two to three years old, they start to sleep in their own bed. Um, they, they need a, a big kid bed. Those cost money. Um, you know, and they grow up, they want to do activities and things. Whew, you guys, I mean, that's, that's an undertaking. And for me personally, I waited growing up. I was like, you know what? I'm not having any kids. I quit. Um, I thought when I started competing for Taekwondo, I was like, this is it. I'm just going to compete and fight and never have kids. And I'm just going to live on my own and save money to go compete. And that's not the case. You know, I grew older and my instructor was right. My, my instructor, you guys, is like my second dad. I love him to death. Um, he told me, you know, you're going to get to a point in your life where this isn't going to be first anymore. And I thought, no way. No, he was right. <laughs> Um, you know, you just, you get to that point, but I, I couldn't, I don't know. I can't, I can't wrap myself around the thought that it costs that much, you know, to raise a kid. That's crazy. Um, yeah. So that's that. And then the third and final thing, okay. Having kids, I guess, is education. Education is such a large um, what is the word I want to use here? Uh, it's such a large topic of discussion because there's parents. So I worked, I worked in two different Montessori schools. Okay. Mind you. Oh yeah. I worked at, oh, well, I worked at three technically. So the first school I worked at, those kids are going to like Harvard and Baylor. Like these are parents who 
who drive, you know, the brand new Tesla up to pick the kid up in their whole butterfly door situation, you know, so those kids, they're going to go somewhere. The next school I worked in was the exact same way. Those kids are being educated and trained to, to go somewhere to get an education. The third school I taught at that I just left, those kids are being raised to go to school and most of the parents, if not all of them, work blue collar shift jobs. So those people, um, you know, they're day laborers basically, or, or night laborers depending on the shift that they work. And all these kids, you know, the, the owner and the director, when I had my interview with them, they were very straightforward with me. They said, you know, we know you have a Montessori background, we love that about you, but you have to understand that these kids aren't going necessarily to an Ivy League college or getting ready to go do something crazy with their education. Most of their parents are doing this, so they're going to go to public school. 95% of these kids are going to public school. I said, okay, no big deal. You know, I'm not going to treat them any different. It's not going to make me want to, you know, teach them any less. But education is to me such a big thing because we just we just talked about touch base about how much it is for childcare. Education, you know, if you send your kid to public school, it's just here, buy school supplies and that's that. If you send your kid to a specialized school, depending on where they go. So out here where we live, um there's like the Banff School, Abercrombie, uh, the uh, Red Red uh, Red Roof Montessori. Um, what is that? Uh, Lakewood Montessori. That's where I worked at one point. Um, you know, there's so many specialized schools, and these schools, academies, even you know, there's the John Cooper up in the Woodlands is probably the greatest example. These places can cost, depending on what your age is, upwards of $20,000 a year to $40,000, depending on what program your kid's in, what they're doing. Uh, And I say kid, and I want to clarify that term. I'm using the word kid for anybody under the age of 18. So if you put your child in this program, you have to dedicate yourself to that long of a stint, you know, ultimately. And, And it's crazy. So uh, parents feel obligated, you know, to put their kid either in the best public schools or in the best private schools if you can afford that. And I will not personally, this is an opinion, okay? We said this at the beginning where there's going to be a lot of facts and a lot of opinions. This is an opinion for me. I will not send my child to a public school unless it is absolutely necessary. What they are teaching in school right now, they are teaching to a test, and I do not like that. That is not going to teach them how to boil eggs, balance a checkbook, and run their lives. It's not going to do them any good. Granted, public schools have come a heck of a long way since I was in high school. I, I can 100% attest for that. Um, you know, there's, there's continuing education credits now. Kids are graduating with associate's degrees when they get their high school diplomas. So they're going straight to work after high school. But... You know, up until that point, public school was, oh, yeah, if you go to school, you teach to a test. And that's still true. Kids are still being taught to a test. And to me, that's not fair. I don't feel that my kid, you know, theoretically speaking, should go to school to be taught to a test. I'm not teaching. I'm not sending my kid to school to take a test. I'm sending my kid to school to get educated. 
You know, parents brag all the time about their kids being smart because they know the ABCs and all their colors when they're four or five years old. No, they are not smart. That is called being trained. Your kid knows the ABCs because you put it on repeat a hundred times in your car on the way to school and back. And your kid knows their colors because you probably sit there and repeat it all the time, right? Repetition. It's all the same. If you repeat something as an adult even, if you look at the same thing all the time, eventually you're going to memorize it or it's going to be there in the back of your head. There are, I mean, it, it bothers the heck out of me. Your kid is not smart. Your kid is book smart. What bothers me even more is that people who have doctorates or MBAs or, you know, some fancy college degree and they can't boil eggs or balance a checkbook or sew a hole. You guys, I'm so triggered by that. Like, what even? <laughs> what are you doing? You know, it, it bothers me. That's why, you know, it, it just, it's so crazy. I can't, I can't see educating my child in a public school setting, but for what purpose? To teach to a test? Nah. Nah, 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 nah. My, my kid needs to know basic life necessities when they leave because eight out of 10 kids go to, go to college, you know, and they're going to be off, off campus, you know, uh, 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 off campus, away from home, on campus, doing their thing. And half these kids don't know what the heck to do. They don't even know how to cook food. They're eating cup noodles for four years. You know, that's, that's a problem. And to me, education in the respect of a well-rounded education, cultural studies, math, language, science, economic studies, um, and home economics is so important. You guys, I, okay, I love my husband to death. Okay, you guys know that. I love him to death. But when we met, y'all, he couldn't boil water or cook noodles. I mean, what? The dude has four degrees. Just because you have four pieces of paper that say you're smart does not make you smart. I don't care what anybody says. So as far as education goes, as, as a tip or as a shout out or as an opinion, whatever, well round your children. I do not care. There will be no point in you spending your time beating your kid in the head with a textbook telling him to memorize what the life cycles of biology are. I do not have a formal degree. I don't. I have two certificates. I have a teaching certificate and a pharmacy technician's certificate and a license with the state to practice in a pharmacy. That's it. I have nothing else. But who do you think comes to me with his four degrees and asks me to sew the hole in his pants or to show him how to cook something? The person with four pieces of paper that say he's quote unquote smart. Nah, nah, there's a difference between being book smart and life smart. And if you get the combination of both, hey, you did it. <laughs> Congratulations, confetti for you. Um, I just, I, I, feel, I feel now that sending a, a child to a public school, I don't care how good it is. If you're sending your child to a public school, good and well knowing that your, your education for your child is being taught to a test, what are you doing for them? You know, of course, they go to school and you can bring them home and, and teach them everything that they need to learn at home. But you're sending your kid to school to be educated. But what does education really mean at that point if they're just being taught to a test? Nothing. It's pointless. It's a waste of time. Because life, isn't, life is a test every single day. But it's not going to be the same thing. 
What's two plus two, Johnny? It's not gonna be like that for the next 30 years. It won't, it's just not how it is. So education is a very controversial topic of discussion because, you know, we have, we have kids that go and they go through primary school. Uh, some kids go through public school. I was, I was in public school my whole life. My parents had three kids, two years apart, each of us. There's no way that they were going to be able to afford to send us to private school. And that was fine. You know, I turned out just fine, but everyone else has to remember that was a different time. I went to elementary school in the 90s. So home economics, uh, even in the 2000s, you know, home economics was a big thing in intermediate school and junior high. Uh, they, uh, they taught us how to write in cursive, how to write a check, those types of things. I feel like that stuff is so important. So having kids in education, you know, I feel as, as a parent or even as just a person, it's so important to stress the basic, uh, you know, basic outlines of life for kids. You know, they're missing so much of it. So I feel, I feel very, um, I guess, very strong about my child or whoever, you know, just having basic knowledge of home, home life down, you know, along with your book smart, you know, part of it. Kids want their, you know, parents want their kids to go to the best colleges and the best schools and blah, blah, blah. Where's that going to get them? Yeah, I might put them into an office, but, <laughs> you know, your kid's going to be the CEO and not how to know how to cook eggs. You know, like that, that's not okay. That's not okay. Um, but yeah, that's, that's that. Uh, comment if you have, you know, something to say about it. Again, I'm going to say this for like the fourth time. <laughs> Y'all have to understand that I was raised in a different time and that everything I say is an opinion unless, unless it is a fact and it's, it's backed up, you know, like facts, but I, I can't, I can't sit back and say, you know, that I'm okay with something and I'm not, you see what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, comment, comment if you have anything to say about the subject, because I'd love to know. Um, I, I have watched the evolution of education just going through it myself and, uh, you know, watching my nieces, nephews, cousins, whoever, you know, go and grow up through school. And it's astonishing what education has become, um, on top of the whole, you know, having kids subject. It's, it's a very pressurized industry (laughs) for sure. Um, because you have parents that really, really care about their kids' education, and you have parents that could give two pieces about their education because, you know, they didn't, they're not educated themselves. But I feel if you are a balanced individual with, you know, a good, solid background in book smart education and a good, solid background in home, home-based, you know, economic education, you're going to be a very well-rounded, you know, individual, and, and your child will too. Um... So yeah, anyway, that is the end of my podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed. If you like this and you want to hear more, you can check out our channel on the uh, Apple Podcast app or on Spotify. Um, And hopefully Navia will be back very, very soon to do another joint podcast with me. 
Thanks you guys again so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, share this with your friends. We do this for fun. It's not anything, uh, you know, it's not turned into a business transaction, but, um, you guys please share this with your friends and we will talk to you soon. Have a good day guys. Bye.